Striving and Thriving is the career development podcast inspiring you to make some bold changes. It's time to sweat the big stuff. Each week, we speak to industry figureheads at different stages of their journey to understand what it takes to successfully manage your career. I'm so excited today because this series, this podcast is all about transitioning from TA to PNC. And one of my favorites is here with us today, Rebecca Powell. <laughs> she heads up people and culture at Intelligence Bank. And I can't wait to hear the insights. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Joe McCatty. I'm the founder of Proto Science and I'm a founding fellow of Striven. I'm a coach, a recruiter, and a new PNC leader. So I can't wait to hear the cheat codes that Rebecca has to share. So welcome, Rebecca Powell. Thank you very much, Joe. Amazing. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Yes, Baxter. So to get us all started, can you tell us a little bit about your career background? So I've only been in in PNC or HR for the last two and a half or so years. I spent previously 14, 15 years in recruitment started an agency in Ireland, having done a sales role for a few years before that, teaching English even further back in time before that. But yeah, moved from agency into internal recruitment here in Australia back in 2014. And I was a TA specialist, an internal comms and engagement manager, TA manager. And back in 2020, I uh, took my first step into the world of PNC. Wow. So from Ireland to Melbourne. From that kind of background, TA, PNC, wonderful, wonderful progress there. (laughs) So um, now reflecting on your decisions, why did you actually choose to move into PNC from TA? I'll be honest, it wasn't really something I made a deliberate or conscious choice to do. (laughs) The opportunity came up in June or July 2020. I'd been made redundant from my TA manager role at the start of the pandemic. I've been volunteering with you and some other awesome people as well. (laughs) And I needed to get back to work. And the opportunity that came up was heavily focused on helping a scaling business to grow. So the focus was very much on the TA side of things. And it was a maternity cover role. Their head of PNC was stepping away for a few months. She was their first PNC hire as well. And so it was a essentially a startup or scale-up business going through rapid growth and change that hadn't ever really had any HR or people and culture resources before. Mm. And so they needed, the priority for them was recruitment. And then they felt that the rest could follow. And so that played to my strengths for the most part, being able to bring people in and add that immediate value to the business, they were going to learn as they went. And so I I had that opportunity and that space to learn as well. So it was a happy accident, really. (laughs) I like that. I like the way you framed that. And um, it's almost like, yeah, transitioning into PNC as you're doing the role, learning on the go. I think that's uh, the best way to do it, just dive in. Well, it's how I got my current role as well. Intelligence Bank is an older business compared to Payright, which was the the company where I I took my first P&C steps. But similarly, they never had had a HR person before. They were also going through rapid growth. And 
originally the role that they had actually advertised wasn't for a HR or people and culture person. It was specifically for talent. And just through the course of the interview and the things that I had picked up in my time at, at PayRise, they actually changed the role. And uh, instead of being like a head of talent, it became director of people and culture. So I was a little, uh, little nervous, a little bit daunted at the time when they made the offer. But, you know, I was always upfront with them about what my strengths were and the amount of experience I had from that HR side. So they were comfortable with that. And, you know, as I found when I first stepped into it and as I've been finding ever since, if you don't know something, there's so many people out there that are always happy to answer and help you out. And so it's made that transition really very smooth and easy for me. Mm, that's what I'm finding as well. I really resonate with that community around you that can support you with the things that come up. And even if you were in PNC before, you'll never know everything. There's always something yeah. more to learn, something more to know. So, um, and I'm sure you've been supporting others as well, as you will be with me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my door is absolutely always open. Um, I very much believe in, I guess, paying it forward. And uh, yeah, I think the last couple of years, probably more so than previously. I don't, I don't know what it was like before, but I feel like the last two years, the HR community is really together and people are looking out for each other, quite possibly more so than ever before. And I've, re I've taken advantage of that. I'm not going to lie. It's been a community that I've leaned heavily on. And I'm going to continue leaning on it, you know, for years to come, I'm sure, because there's always something new, even after a couple of years. There's still so much stuff you haven't dealt with before that just because people by nature aren't predictable. That's correct. <laughs> That's so true. Now, speaking about challenges, what do you think has been the hardest part of moving into the more general PNC covering all aspects yeah. of people compared to, say, the specialist TA role that you've had in the past? So years ago, when I first moved into internal recruitment, I was always really, really quick to distance myself from HR because <laughs> HR always had that yeah, sort of me too. That bad rap. <laughs> we were the police and, you know, the, the fun police and only ever dealing with the negative. And I was so quick to distance myself from that. What I've learned is that TA and then when I was in internal comms as well, always seen as bringing something positive to the business. We were filling roles. We were bringing in new talent. We were bringing in new ideas into teams that they hadn't had. And we were solving problems for them. Whereas what I've been discovering with my role as a HR person now is that there are often a lot of other problems that you're needing to deal with, so whether it's performance issues, making people redundant, terminating people, dealing with bullying or discrimination. There's such a range of different things that people experience in an organization. And TA is only dealing with that one small part. When you're in HR, you're dealing with everything and you can be dealing with multiple things in a day. And so that has been the biggest shift. It was great in the early days with both of my roles. I was stepping in, I was filling loads of roles. We, the businesses were growing at pace and that was brilliant. Mm. And then the brakes really were slammed on. I think the first time for me was in my role at Payright and it was on Are You Okay Day. 
back in 2020 and I was not okay because I had to talk to someone about their performance. I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? And this was a person who was in a union. They were covered under an award. Mm-hmm. I had no clue about <laughs> any of that. I don't even have HR qualifications. I have a degree in marketing in Japanese. It's perfect <laughs> for the role I'm yeah, in today. It's very fitting. And yeah, so just all this stuff that was sort of, because even if you've confirmed, you know, you've told your boss that you're not an expert in this stuff, when you're in that role, you're still seen as the specialist, the go-to person. Mm-hmm. They defer to you for your expertise in whatever the matter is. So I found myself in those early days really having to scramble to read up on employment law or, you know, look at, look at, reach out to others and see what am I going to have to do to handle this in an empathetic way that supports the individual, supports the business and um, is ultimately fair to all. And that was a real headbend and I had such imposter syndrome. And so, yeah, two years ago on Are You Okay Day, I wasn't okay. And a couple of people just reached out and really helped just tackle that imposter syndrome. There's still days two years on where I'm having to make these really tough calls, but I've, Mm. I guess, developed those resiliency tools to help get me through it because it's not fun for anyone. But what we're doing at the end of the day, one of the most important lessons I got taught by my HR community was at the end of the day, do no harm. And if that's the one thing that you take with you all the time, that will guide everything that you do. So even if you're not getting it exactly right, Mm. if if you're leading with that, that at the front of your mind, that will still help, help you get through it. That's really great advice because, um, yeah, we seem to think that we need to step into a role and already have all the answers, all the solutions. And especially, like you said, the way you framed it was perfect. You've gone from a positive service provider to the business and now looking at, you know, unlocking, understanding people, giving them the tools. And you also have to think about yourself and your yeah. feelings in that process and trying not to take on everyone's feelings, but rather giving them guidance. And um, yeah, that's a, a huge mindset shift to be yeah. able to do that. So I can see why that's the, the hardest part of changing from TA to PNC. So um, now just digging a little deeper, yeah. what skills do you think from TA really serve well in the PNC role? I think it's the ability to question because if someone's coming to you with a problem, they've got an underperforming employee or they've been experiencing things that make them uncomfortable, whatever it is, you need to be probing further, finding out more about what it really is. We're great at MTA, whether it's taking the job briefs, whether it's you know those screening and interviewing, you know, that's where we start our roles and our journey. So Shifting that over to more of a HR focus, you need to really get to the root of the problem that's being brought to you before you can then start to jump into solution mode. And I, that was the biggest challenge for me for the longest time. I'd be going straight into fixing the problem, thinking yeah. that that's what people wanted from me. And that's not the case. Often it's just listening, asking more questions, asking more questions. And ultimately, actually getting the manager or the employee or whoever it is to come to the solution themselves. But yeah, I think that's probably the biggest uh, skill I'd, I'd recommend people focus on starting with. Mm-hmm. 
And if it's not the asking questions of the people that have come to you, it's going to others and asking for guidance and advice. But you can never ask too many questions. Perfectly framed, giving the guidance. It's like coaching leadership style that you've just described that PNC yeah. should have in a way. Yeah. You don't want to necessarily give the solutions because they may, may not take them on anyway. You know, if it's not their own idea, it's, it's harder for them to get that traction, to make that change. I'm learning that quite quickly in the seven <laughs> weeks that I've been in PNC. And the way you framed it is exactly how I've been feeling like, wow, you know, I've been listening now. Let me provide the solutions. Well, hang on a minute. Let me continue to do the insight gathering yeah. and understand, you know, why is it that this person has this challenge, et cetera. So um, ask more questions and listen. That's um, and really great advice. Especially, and I think it's been easier for me to make the transition from TA to HR because I joined young businesses that didn't have this before. Yes. And challenge with that is often the leaders in the business haven't had that leadership development. So this is just an easy way of giving them that coaching without needing to have a formalized leadership development program. Because if you're not careful, HR becomes the crutch. Correct. HR becomes the police person and everything just gets handed over and and you're not empowering or supporting your leaders to actually lead. They just defer to HR all the time and they pass the buck. So I think it's, we don't, I've certainly not had the capacity or time to build out a leadership development program. It's not an area of expertise for me. So this is how I can just make some changes in that way and, and hopefully help my leaders build the skills that they might be lacking. Mm, yep. All of this that you're giving me, I'm literally putting into my toolkit right now. Like you can see it's literally happening. Honestly, Joe, it's, it's taken me over two years to, to even realize that that's what I've been doing. But uh, it just make, makes life that little bit easier, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the next question, I was actually going to ask you, you know, the biggest challenge, but really I want to flip that because you've given, you know, some indication on, you know, here are some challenges, here are some <laughs> solutions. What's been the most wonderful part about being in PNC? I think for me, it's that I've actually been able to change people's perception of PNC. In my last two roles, the feedback I'm most proud of is people telling me I'm not like what they ever thought HR was. And I think I've been able to do that simply because I haven't come from that traditional HR background. And I have always started with that people first mentality, not to suggest that any other person in a HR role hasn't had that empathy or hasn't, hasn't led with the people first approach. But I think when you spend so much time focusing on the positive, bringing people into an organization, you've invested in, in understanding the brand and promoting that, promoting the EVP, you want to always ensure that what you're telling people is what they're experiencing. And I think it's easier to make that shift towards the positive so that you can deliver on that commitment to your new hires. And so if you take that approach as opposed to coming in, I think with a HR only lens yeah. and seeing it as a problem mm. as opposed to a value add, I think that changes how people perceive the role of HR. So yeah, for me, yeah, definitely it's been the ability to change people's perceptions of what 
my function is in an organization and what the people and culture HR function actually is. It is a value add. It does bring positive benefit to an organization. Yes, there's going to be those times when you have to to do some of the, the hard stuff. But if you've built up that engagement with the group already, they, they understand and appreciate that sometimes you do have to do the hard things mm-hmm. and that they have more of a, a respect for it. And that's certainly what I've experienced in the last week. Wow. So basically the way I see it is it's like the positive components from what you had experienced in the past, holistically looking at you know what the business needs are and what the people needs are. And um, not just going in with the compliance and the rules and you've got to abide by this. It's really equipping people with what they need to get ahead each step of the way. And sometimes it's one-to-one. Other times it might be, you know, in a group setting. But I like the way you also framed the, you know, through action, through doing, people start to respect what you are doing in the PNC function and how you're supporting them, how you're helping them. It's not that of a counsellor. It's more a guide and the person that could lead you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yes, all too often we're we're seen as just the the compliance, where the the fun police there to build up a series of controls around people, and that's absolutely not not the case at all. I think what we're there to do is build avenues for people to explore themselves. Sometimes they need a bit more steering to find out which avenue suits them best. You can't always get people to go down those paths themselves. Sometimes you do kind of have to take them by the hand. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think I prefer to look at it that way. It's not controls, it's pathways and avenues. And once they get on them and realise the benefit, it really changes that perception. Yes, and some, it's a longer journey than others. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so patience is also a virtue. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) And copious (laughs) bottles of wine. (laughs) Sometimes we'll be enjoying that together, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So um, now reflecting on the decision once again, what's the one thing that you wish you knew before you transitioned into the PNC role? Look, honestly, I don't think there's anything too much. I think, like I mean, I didn't have a HR degree. The knowledge I had had come by osmosis through some excellent teams that I've been a part of, the, the HR team at Sportsbet and the HR team at Bet Easy were both excellent teams with great leadership and really you know, a lot of progressive ideas that many companies are only now starting to adopt. So I think I learned so much through my peers that I had a really strong foundational knowledge, even if it wasn't a formal knowledge. Yeah. So Whilst, yes, my grasp of Australian employment law wasn't very strong, I didn't see that as a a massive deterrent. And I don't think I would change how I made the move. I've thought a few times about whether or not it would benefit me to do some sort of diploma in HR. Bloody expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't quite decided whether or not that is a path I want to go down. I think simply because I like not having too many controls or preconceived ideas about how I have to do mm. things. I'm more of a sort of an off-the-cuff kind of person. And yeah. the last two organizations I've been a part of, so Intelligence Bank right now and PayRight before, they've been growing along with me. And I think that for me, that's been a better way. So 
I have no regrets about any gaps in my knowledge when I when I stepped into this role. I had excellent coaching and mentoring through Rebecca Horton. I just started that earlier in the year when I when I stepped into this role, been part of the HR tribe. I've had the likes of you and other great friends and colleagues like Michael Delaney and Pabi Iyer and Iwa Lim and all these other brilliant people, even Laura Johnson as well with Striving and some of the great resources that have been available to me that I've never felt lacking in that regard. That's so beautifully put. And I will summarize it to say that you trust yourself with the capabilities that you have with, you know, the tools that you've adopted along your journey to here. Mm. You dig deep and you use those and you reach out for the the areas that you may not have come across. It's just, it's just something new and something yeah. new, like the way I see it, the theme that's coming up for you is you love to problem solve. You like to yeah. ideate, you like to go, right, what is the challenge? I've never done this before. Great. Let's find out how. And then um, go ahead and execute that. So not only patience and resilience, but innovation and problem solving <laughs> and communication as well. Yeah. They're the things that have come up as, um, you know, and, essential items. And the thing is, we're not reinventing the wheel here. And we're not brain surgeons or we're not <laughs> nuclear scientists dealing yeah. with, you know, face of the world kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> people's lives might be in our hands in terms of their, you know, job security, mental health. There's a lot of that. But at the end of the day, we can take time to actually understand more about what we're doing so that there's not the urgency in this role that others might have. So it's okay if we don't know, we've got the time to go and find out. And most of the time, the solution is really quite simple. The outcome isn't all that complex or onerous. Mm. And we can waste a lot of time overthinking things, doubting ourselves. Correct. And if you actually just stop and, and maybe ask a couple of questions, just probe a little bit further, generally it's right in front of you. Mm. So communication is probably the biggest tool or you know, yeah. asking questions, the biggest arsenal that we have, the biggest... Mm. <laughs> The best equipment that we can have in the HR role is that ability to communicate and just continue to probe. And yeah, the solution generally is right there. This has been wonderful going through all the questions with you. And you know how I'm a big fan of yours, you know, both professionally and personally. And um, you've given so much great advice. But now if we sort of summarize everything together, what advice would you give someone who is considering, you know, moving from TA to BNC? Because we're seeing more and more of that now. Yeah, let's do it. Don't second guess yourself, just give it a shot. You've got great skills and resources as a TA person that will absolutely benefit you if you step into a broader HR role. If it doesn't work out, what have you lost? Nothing, but you will have gained so much. So don't doubt yourself, don't second guess anything, just jump in, give it a go. There's so many companies out there who are on this learning journey themselves as well and they're happy to have someone learn along with them so give it a go wonderful want to know more about how to get ahead be sure to check out striving.io for career development tools and mentorships to guide you through striving and thriving striving and thriving striving and thriving striving 
and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. Striving and thriving. 